Welcome to the Plan Vision Podcast, where we share simple, straightforward investment and planning ideas for normal people. The description in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Do not construe this as personal tax, financial, or legal advice for your situation. Hi there, this is Mark Zorl with the Plan Vision Podcast with a discussion today about asset allocation and some considerations that I think are important about it. Uh, the building blocks of a plan, or at least the starting point and ending points, can you can kind of look at them in this way. First of all, you got to make money, right? At some point in your life, you start maybe your 20s or so, 30s, you're making money now and you decide that, well, hopefully you have enough cash in emergency accounts, you've bought some insurances, and now you start saving money for your future. And uh, depending upon where you live, what part of the world, if you're in the States, you might use a 401k or a Roth IRA. If you're British, you might use an ISA. Canadians have their own plans like TFSAs, different accounts are available, then many expats will use a brokerage account. So you're, so you're making money, you, you've got the foundations built for your plan, uh, now you've got your investment accounts, and the final decision for many folks when it comes to how they structure their portfolio is this whole idea of asset allocation, or how do you allocate your investments among different, or how do you allocate your fun, funds among, amongst different kinds of assets? asset allocation. Now, this is very similar to the concept of diversification. And I believe diversification is far more important at this point than having some sort of refined asset allocation model. They're not exactly the same thing, but they're pretty darn close. A part of, so the asset allocation decision, which, you know, how your assets are allocated would change over time you tend to be more aggressive as you're younger and throughout your saving and investing years. More aggressive meaning you would have more in stocks than in bonds. You're more willing to participate in the growth of the stock markets, even though they're more volatile. But that is, uh, that is a, a consideration. It's as you age, how much do you want to have in more aggressive or volatile investments? How much do you want to have in more conservative investments? And so that is a part of your asset allocation decision. And again, you can modify it as you get closer to retirement. There are other factors, though, that you would consider as well when it comes to your asset allocation. And that is, how much should you have in U.S. investments versus international investments? Many U.S. investors may decide to go with just U.S. investments. Many international investors also like more having more U.S., but they may go with more international investments. So that's a consideration, how much U.S. versus international. Should you have small company stocks in your portfolio? Should you have value stocks or growth stocks? There, Andrew Hallam has written about the different role that those can play in value and growth are two different kind of how stocks are categorized based upon their behavioral characteristics, value versus growth. What about the role of sector funds? Do they play, do they have a part in your overall asset allocation, such as technology, healthcare, service sectors, um, more aggressive sectors. What about the role of gold or real estate investment trust? So these are different assets. And when you include different assets into your portfolio, you get better diversification. However, gosh, some of my clients just grind over their asset allocation. And you're worried way too much about whether or not you have the perfect asset allocation. That's one of the gripes, I guess, I have about the financial services industries. They portray asset allocation as if it's some incredibly 
fateful decision. If you don't have the right asset allocation, you're going to be in big trouble. And so they present these models where the asset allocation is down to the half percentage, 48.7% of large cap blend, 8.7% of international small cap value. I think these things are crazy. So I would stop grinding over your asset allocation and getting too obsessed about whether or not it's the right thing to do or the right, that you have the right mix. So I'm gonna provide some things to give some consideration to, or at least why I don't feel so strongly about asset allocation, even though I went through this whole process when I was trained as an advisor way back in the 90s and all that. I think the first comment I would make is that no one knows the future at all. So when they're proposing asset uh, these precise asset allocation models, or you're trying to find the right, the right mix for you, bear in mind that no one has any idea how these assets are gonna perform relative to each other in the future. How much of the future is going to replicate the past? Here's what I think is important. When you, look at, when, you, when you think about what you're trying to do and putting together a model, first of all, costs do matter and they do matter a lot. Diversica diversification is very valuable. Stocks will likely, and I feel very strongly about this, likely outperform bonds over the future in the future and that bonds will provide more stability. So that's the first comment I would make. I think if you use those, those principles, then I think you can much more easily structure a portfolio. I kind of mentioned all this, but I want to reemphasize this as the second point. Diversification simply is more important to me. And diversification is just a combination of different assets. And um, if you just want to have a, a nice asset allocation model, you don't need to own significant portions of non-mainstream investments like gold. I mean, you can just own conventional stocks and conventional bonds, and that eliminates a lot of the decision-making, a lot of the worry out of your asset allocation model. You can get great diversification just with a wide array of bonds and a wide array of stocks. Third, at this point now, it's gotten incredibly easy to do this so that you can reduce your anxiety or your uh, lengthy thought process in trying to put together portfolios. In the States, we have these all-in-one funds. British residents can get them. Canadian investors, Australian investors can get them. And this does full asset allocation, full diversification for you. And when you do this, or I guess the fourth comment I would make is if you're going to pursue an elaborate asset allocation model and want to rebalance it quarterly or twice a year or once a year, this introduces more guessing or more consternation about whether or not your mix is right. So I would, again, not worry about whether or not your asset allocation is precise. Use an all-in-one fund or use some sort of general, you know, general percentages, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, that's fine. 80% stocks, 20% bonds. Maybe you use 70% stocks, U.S. stocks, 15% international, and use 25% or 15% bonds. That'd be a nice mix. You don't have to get it right down to a half a percent to be accurate. Anything that is general but gives you good diversifications, low cost, broadly diversified, is a great asset allocation model. So don't go crazy over this. 
If you do this, it's never going to end. If you find yourself striving for the perfect asset allocation model, it just doesn't exist. Thank you for listening to the Plan Vision Podcast. Let us know if you have any questions or comments on the topics covered.